Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Well, a good Saturday morning to you, baseball fans. It is Bruce Levine and me, Matt Spiegel, on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We've reached a three-week sprint for the finish for the Chicago Cubs, and yesterday, not a good outcome as they try to chase things down. Is it all negative, Matt Spiegel, right now for the Chicago Cubs, even with a, uh, a basically a, uh, a three-game lead in the wild card for the second wild card, two behind in reality, the Cardinals for the division and two behind the Washington Nationals for the number one wild card. Does wild card excite you or Chicago fans? Not really, because last year was a wild card and it was a disappointment to get there and the way it ended was bad. But it's not all negative. I definitely have some positives it's just that time is running so short, and overall, it's been a frustrating year. So that that may be what you're hearing in my voice there, Bruce Levine, but there are positives to be found. 312-644-6767. That's the number for Inside the Clubhouse. If you want to talk to Matt or me, you are welcome to join us at any time. It's an interactive show. Text Matt at 67011. By the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook. The best food in Chicagoland. Here's the checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best full-service restaurant, without question. The best bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has full dinners with all the trimmings from four to nine, seven days a week. That includes skirt steak, roast beef, chicken, and the freshest fish in the city. Max and Benny's has private dining areas for all your party and business meetings from 10 to 150 accommodated. Catering is king at Max and Benny's. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown. 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. And it was a disappointing game last night for the Chicago Cubs Three hits, a few walks, uh, Hamels out before four innings of pitching. The strength, the one-time strength of the Chicago Cubs, the starting pitching, which everybody, including myself, have been depending upon to be the reason why they win their division, yes, has been uh, hurt and erratic. And and the thing is, Bruce, the math of the calendar has rendered that advantage less important because over a buck sixty-two. Starting pitching should matter, and that's what we all looked at and thought about. But here we are. It's a three-week sprint. So Darvish comes back today. He's got, what, three starts, maybe four left? Um, right now, the kind of things that you've looked at and They're said, big that's... big starts, though. Yeah, I, they starts. are. Yeah. But, but, but when we've said that's why this team is better or that's why this team is still the best one in the division, that's why they should do it, those things don't matter anymore. Here we are. you got to show up and win every I, single day. You know, you make some great points because... 
uh, right now it's not about somebody going seven because in reality, bullpens and rosters have been expanded. So you have a multitude of different people to look at to come into a game. You don't have to watch a game get out of hand and Joe won't uh, after three or four innings. They're not handing out any awards to anybody for going six innings and giving up five or six runs. Right, that renders... So you're back to the modern style of running a game. That means forget about what we were talking about starting pitching-wise. If you're not getting it done, whether your name is Lester, Darvish, um, you know, if it's um, Hamels, Quintana, it doesn't matter... Because they can't afford to get down in games. Yeah, so like the, the, that strength of starting pitching matters even less right. because of what you just brought up with the expanded rosters. So here you are. But if you're asking if there's positives. When I saw the lineup two days ago, and I saw that everybody was there. This is before Baez was the late scratch. But I looked at that, and I'm like, that is the best lineup of the year. Yeah. Zobrist is back. Contreras is back. Castellanos is there. Schwarber and Baez hitting below cleanup. Hayward down in the eighth spot where he belongs, certainly, at this point. Like, oh, my God, there it is. There's this great lineup. And they went out, and they, they, they exploded for, what, 10 runs against the Brewers. Then yesterday, Caratini was in. Contreras sat. No well, Baez you know- again. But, I mean, they got to score eight, nine, ten runs every game the rest of the way. Here. The reality of Epstein and Hoyer not being able to add the essential guys at the beginning of the year. Yeah. rather and, and they've done a, you know, I've said this countless times, they've done a terrific job in season of adding, you know, the Castellanos, you know, adding, you know, uh, pitchers that they needed there. Kimbrell in June, you know, on paper was a great addition. You know, we haven't seen the results because of injury and he's never gotten, we've, I don't think Chicago fans have yet to see, you know, vintage Kimbrell before September of 2018 yet. I don't know if anybody was going to see that this year. I feel this is the Kimbrell thing is complicated. Maybe not again. Yeah, maybe not again. And uh, and just the way that it was, the point at which his career that he's reached, the velocity dips, the fact that he was trying to do something really unprecedented and being a closer and waiting right. that long and coming back and ramping up, and you're seeing some of the reasons why people waited as long as they did. The po- my point was uh, Epstein and Hoyer commended for what they've done, but not being allowed to spend that money earlier or to be able to uh, look at this as the last two to three years of a window that is closing on them. Um, Hmm. I think that was what we heard all off season, the up and back between the front office and ownership of, we know we have a $210 million payroll. We won the world series. We've been in the playoffs four times. We need to continue to step on the gas in order to win another world series. So Mr. Ricketts was uh, very steadfast about the fact there's no money right now. He was willing to step it up in midseason and late season to allow them to do it. But there were there's probably five to seven games that were left on the table early in the season mm. that could be the lead for the Cubs now. Now, that's that's my summation of it. It could be wrong. Hopefully it can be debated at 312-644-6767. But in reality... Matt, to me, and again, again, I have the luxury of revisionist history. I can look back and see the fact that they needed that. But they, they know, they knew adding Descalso and Branch, uh, Brock, 
Yeah, branch. Brad Brock, yeah. Yeah, as their only additions in the offseason. Woof. That wasn't I mean, even if they done. played great, it wasn't good enough. You know, and the thing is about Kimbrell, if you were going to do this, you should have done it earlier so you could buy yourself some wiggle room. Money wasn't there. Right, but like, so the wiggle room to actually have him have some of these ups and downs or some of this it's ramp It's not up. even that. It's almost every pitcher that had, over the last two years, that have been held back by a bad free agent market that signed at the beginning of the season or this year it was, uh, you know, him signing in June, mm. uh, you know, the, the other people that have gone through this, you saw Arietta have a bad year last year after starting uh, be, as soon as the season started. You need spring training. You need the mentality of being with that team, with uh, knowing their, um, knowing the way they handle things, looking at their metrics, see if you can get some help out. Um None of that was there for these guys. So uh, distressing times overall when you look at the window, when you look at the makeup, when you look at what this year could be. But there are reasons for positives for the Cubs. The lineup, as we were mentioning, and guess what, Bruce? They still have seven of the last ten against the uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals. So they still could end up holding the fate of the division in their own hot little Absolutely. hands. So it's not doom and gloom, but what it is, the reality is they've been so good now for a long time that the expectations continue to be you're not living up to expectations. You're not the team that we expected you to be. And uh, the White Sox get good performances from Tim Anderson last night, from Lucas Giolito last night. They lose the game, but that's frankly neither here nor there. But Giolito and Anderson, two of the uh, the better stories there. And I'm looking forward to talking to Zach Collins a little bit later on. Had a very interesting kind of weird cup of coffee his first time up, then went did very well in Charlotte and is now back for the stretch. Run. Yeah, we'll talk to him in the 10 o'clock hour again. You are always king here at 312 312- Six four four six seven six seven. We are now uh, pleased to bring in the great baseball analyst for NBC Sports Chicago and a good friend of our shows. Doug Glanville joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Doug. How are you, Doug? Good, good morning. How's, how's everybody doing? We're, we're doing good. We're we're talking about the positive and negatives of the Cubs uh, being where they're at right now. How do how do you look at the Chicago Cubs? as a second wild card right now. Is this a season that you feel is disappointing or just one that you have to roll with because it's baseball? Well, baseball makes you roll with it, but it's it's disappointing and the expectations have always been expressed as nothing short of World Series. I mean, we you think about last season and you win, you know, 95 games and, and you're like, all right, well, we kind of failed, you know, so, you know, the expectation was set this offseason. Remember all the exit interviews that Theo Epstein and the organization had talking to leadership to change things. They let go of coaches. They changed all these scenarios. And now the bushes have been removed. It's, it's now execution on the field. And, you know, yes, there's been injuries and that's, um, that's standard for pretty much every team. The Cardinals were all banged up and uh, they just happened to get their personnel back together at, at the right time, uh, it seems like the Cubs are still searching, and you know we were already in you know second week of September. Uh, so you know wild card is not ideal. You know one pitching matchup and you're going home. I mean that's it. It's not it's not a great situation. And then if you do happen to pull it off, you have to play the best team in the National League. So 
Uh, it just makes for a really tall mountain to climb. Doug, I've been saying all year, this is still the best team in the division. I still look at them. So, uh, you know, eventually you give it a chance to happen, that they rise to the top. But now, three weeks left, I feel like the overall advantages over 162 don't mean as much <laughs> anymore. And you're behind a few games, obviously, but I, I, it doesn't matter if I think they're the best team in the division or if they are on paper. It's You have to go out and win every day now. You do. I mean, and also every day on the road, you know, they have a lot of road games. Uh, I do think they, you know, going into, say, the second half, they had the most advantageous schedule of the division because they weren't playing, you know, they already played some of the tougher teams, Houston and so on. But um, look, the Cardinals are, are doing it right now. They're they're hot. They're healthier. And, you know, the, the Cubs now are still trying to feel out a few things. You know, Zobras comes back. Nobody was sure how that would go. Baez and Bryant banged up in and out. Contreras just getting back, doing well. It's uh, it's just created a lot of mysteries. And then when you have Kimbrel and all these other factors, it's it's made for inconsistency not only in performance but just availability, and that's really tough to navigate. Doug Glanville joining us and inside the clubhouse for a few more moments. Uh, Doug, looking at how players are used now and looking at the millennial player. Do you think that uh, players like Baez, Rizzo, Bryant are better suited to play 145 to 150 games to get optimum amount out of them rather than the 162 grind or the reality of 153 to 162 that most most uh, teams strive for to get out of their players? Yeah, it, it seems this time is much more geared towards you know less is more. Um, you know, the days of everybody being the best matchup for 162 games is, is pretty much over, unless you're like Mike Trout or Christian Yelich. Or, it's, it's very difficult. And especially when you see the, the injuries creeping up mm-hmm. and uh, when you play every day, it's, it's, there's no break. You can't get better. You just sit and you just kind of tries to weather it the whole year. I mean, look, I, I played 159 games one year. I know Terry Francona said to me that it looks like the bat is swinging me at this point. So, <laughs> so he finally did give me a day off in September. Yeah, uh, it's but with all the situational analytics available, you can find reasons to give somebody a break. And and I, I think the other thing is when you have a postseason run, especially how bullpens are constructed, you need to know that other players can play other positions or be placed in situations. And you don't know that if everybody's out there 162 games. And so without all the analytical details, uh, the 162 player doesn't <clears throat> doesn't seem to fit as well, uh, simply because you need the depth of a lot of different types of uh, performers out there every single day. Hey, Doug, I, I can't get past one stat these days for the Cubs offense. And I know we are in a time in baseball when contact, just overall contact percentage matters less uh, to a lot of front offices, we may be tilting back uh, towards acknowledging the need for more contact, but the Cubs are dead last in contact percentage in baseball, 30th, a 73.6%. I saw a stat this week, only one team has had a lower contact rate as a team in the last 20 years. So even in a world where contact is valued less than ever before, this is not an acceptable amount of of being able to put the bat on the ball for a contender, is it? Well, I mean, 
Well, that's a problem. And not on top of that, Houston Astros number one strike out the least, right? Yep. <laughs> so, yep. uh, so yes, they're great because they pitch, but they're great because they hit and they put the ball in play. I don't, I don't think you can get away from the idea of putting the ball in play as a good thing. <laughs> I don't think you can right. escape that um, reality. I recognize that it's a qualitative question. You're not like hitting the ball softly. You're, you know, you have hard hitting guys. Uh, the quality of your hitting in play matter. But if you're not putting it in play at all, you know, uh, whether like an Anthony Rizzo having a two strike approach, then you're not putting a lot of pressure on the, on the opposing team. And, and, you know, one thing that was interesting about Bill James always does his you know, annual review is in his book. And he showed that this was the last year was one of the, recent years, I think the first year in quite some time, that the top 10 teams that led in strikeouts had a losing winning, you know, losing winning percentage, that's what they tried, but had a winning percentage below 500. Mm-hmm. So in other words, striking out is not paying like it used to. Uh, it's happening all throughout baseball, but the teams that are now at the top echelon of striking out a lot are not getting the success that they once were. And that was a declining curve happening. So, you know, the game will adjust when when you can prove that the data matches to a lack of success. Then they'll say, okay, well, you know. But if you can strike out, you if you're gonna you're still gonna go get Aaron Judge. You're still gonna get players that strike out a lot. They're still some of the best players in baseball. And until there's a separator there, it's still it's gonna be part of the game. Uh, teams just have to figure out how to weave it into a an environment where they can still win a lot of ball games. Uh, Doug is uh, is. Um... Joe Madden's strength may be now considered part of his weakness, and and I'll I'll give you the the premise for my thought. You have um, you have guys that swear by Joe because he's so professional, he's so in tune with their feelings and thoughts. But you have a situation like Jason Hayward, for example, and Jason, when they went to him and asked him to play center field, he said, "Yeah, I'll be happy to do it, but give me some time." to get my legs under me and to make sure that I can play this position better. Don't be taking me in and out. They acquiesced. In a sense, Joe said, okay. Same thing when they asked Jason to go and lead off after having success down in the order. They needed him. He was the final guy they went to to try to lead off. They've been searching for a leadoff man all year. And he said, okay, fine, but leave me in that position and allow me to try to get my legs under me. Don't just yank me in and out. They did both, okay, but you know the end result was that Jason really did poorly as a leadoff man. But Joe kept his commitment to him, uh, as he's kept all his commitments to all of his players. Uh, that he left him in there for thirty days, and now he got Zobris back. He can talk him back down to some other position. So my my direct question to you is: Has Joe is Joe's strength a weakness? when you overcommit to players in this day and age because of uh, you wanting them to feel that you're the perfect manager? I mean, that, you know, that his communication has been his strength. And, um, you know, there's always questions as you get older in the game of how adaptable you can be or will be as you get older. Um, and, you know, you think about Dusty Baker, who took some criticism about mm-hmm. – you know, relying on his gut and things, you know, things that he's, you know, certainly disputed, but, you know, you, you get certainly perceptions of how you are as, as you get older. And Joe Madden is always shown to be like in tune. And, I, you know, and overall that's, that's a strength, a cultural strength. 
it's it collides at times with the analytics world because that which has become so prevalent in baseball and that oh well you know you do this this is the best decision here's the decision tree and you have quality control you know players that are in there convincing and talking to players about like why this is a way to approach it um and and did they have other choices yeah i, I suppose but without ben zobris leadoff was still a revolving door and and and, and it was a poorly performed slot for the Cubs. So did it matter if Hayward is out there every day or Contreras or, I mean, they, they really didn't know what to do with leadoff. Um, and Hayward, as a player, where you run into from that perspective is knowing yourself, but also trying not to be selfish, right? You know, it's right. like, well, look, like I could say, I am a leadoff hitter. That's what I am. So don't move me or I'm, and, you know, sync with me. And that's hard. That's a harder and harder sell. Because baseball is so day-to-day now. You're adjusting to matchups, and left-handers are coming in who have a sinker ball, and the wind's blowing in 30 miles an hour. So the, the individuality gets lost. And in the Joe Madden system, who has relied a lot on versatility, it, it, it's difficult because he's established his track record of being the versatility guy, right? Where you go, oh, oh today is this, today is that. And then when you start to get a little fixed, uh, it's like the the team going to the Super Bowl and running a script for the first quarter. It starts to, it doesn't come off the same way as you, you've established. So, you know, I think it's a tough time for Joe Madden because the Cubs front office has kind of done everything. They've mm-hmm. fired people, coaches, everything around Joe Madden. They traded guys. They went and gotten Kimbrel. They got Castell. They they've done kind of everything. And if the season does not turn out as expected, it, it's going to be. Joe's going to be in the crosshairs, without a doubt. Yeah, there's nothing left to do. Uh, Doug, um, Theo Epstein brought up uh, the possibility of, quote, a reckoning um, at the end of this season. So, yeah. so, so what does that mean? Do you think they'll have to entertain the idea of trading someone from their young, still mostly affordable core in advance of all those guys hitting free agency at the same time as they try to reshape the roster? you think they'll have to think that, about that this offseason? Yeah, I I don't think there's a ton of moves. It's a, a guy like Castellanos who's been uh, unbelievable. I mean, he's put up Mike Trout numbers since he's been here. Uh, you know, signing him back. Uh, what you know, they have Kimbrel now. They've committed to him, who's been banged up. So you know, they they can overhaul, but I don't know what other reckoning other than Joe Madden is really a reckoning, right? I mean, you could trade a couple guys, but they the Cubs are a very talented team, you know, and they're still pretty young. Uh, so you know, Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and you know, I mean, these are these are really good players. I mean, maybe you need, you know, maybe you need a starter, but they're you know because guys are getting older. But there's not a whole lot of pieces left. So when I hear the word reckoning, you know, I, I think of leadership uh, as opposed to personnel. They've done a lot of personnel moves, hmm. and you can make a few smaller ones, but if they're smaller, they're not, that's not considered a reckoning. Doug, we appreciate your time. Keep up the great work. Catch that plane. I know you're going to catch it in a couple hours here. Thanks for joining Matt and I on uh, Inside the Clubhouse. We really appreciate it and enjoy your work all the time uh, on the Cub pre and post. All right, Bruce, Matt, always a pleasure. Thanks, Doug. It's Doug Glanville. Yeah, very good in-game stuff as well. Absolutely. He's such a, a bright guy and such an intuitive guy, a blend of the old school, new school. Yes, it is true. Um, the Diamondbacks, meanwhile, have won 10 out of 11 games and are just two and a half back in the One wild more card. thing to worry about. Oh, Matt. yeah, absolutely. We're gonna, uh, we're anybody, gonna, get it, anybody can get hot here in the last three weeks. We're going to talk Cubs and Sox with you all the way through everything baseball, 312-644-6767. What does the reckoning mean to you as Cub fans? 
Join us on that. 67011 is our text number. We'll take this short break. You're at the score at 670-670-thescore.com. Inside the clubhouse, we'll be right back on the score. This hour of the score is brought to you by Team Hockberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. I agree, Bruce Levine. Baseball's a really, really hard sport. Yes, it is. That's what makes it fun. Um, life is challenging and difficult. And very smart people are drawn to baseball because they can't solve it. And they stay in it for their entire lives because they cannot solve it. Well, you know, it's an image of what we all do on a daily basis. 200 days out of the year, baseball players play. 162 are meaningful. The others are in preparation of that. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the day in and day out grind. We hear grind is the one word we hear more than any uh, these days in sports and in particular baseball. And and it's such a grind. And, and, you know, for the Cubs, who were the darlings of the baseball world in 2016, everything else is, um, you know, you know, like when, when we had John Lester on last week and we said, is it fair to compare all the other team, all your other teams, 17, 18, 19 mm-hmm. to 2016. He said, hell yeah, it is because we set the standard. That's what we expect to do. We're not here, you know, to, to have a good time or as, as uh, John Lackey used to say, to get a haircut. We're here to win a World Series. And I love that. I love the idea that getting to the playoffs for the Cubs or as the White Sox build their, uh, their, their cachet up as far as their rebuild goes. Uh, that just going to the playoffs, not is, enough. No, it doesn't mean anything. No. And so, once you've gotten there and you've built this thing and you've won it once, then it's about winning it again. Yeah, absolutely. And and Chicago's only had a taste of that maybe one time in the past, and that was the continuous run of the Chicago Bulls. Other than that, you know, we've never had sustained excellence in the city. No, we've watched uh, we watched the '85 Bears uh, continue to underwhelm in the years following. Right, that. I mean, for one reason or another, they didn't get it done. For one reason or another, the 2006-7 White Sox didn't get it done. Uh, 16, 17, 18, 19 Cubs were in the playoffs in 17 and 18. Not good enough. I love that idea. I think it's essential for Chicago and their franchises to not just give you lip service, but to really back up the idea, we're not going to stop until we are winners. Not just, hey, we're giving you a good product, you know, come on out and watch our games. That's not good enough anymore. No. And it takes a lot of things uh, to get to that top uh, top spot. You n- you need to hit on all your free agents. They haven't done that. You need to keep the right guys from their young core. You could argue whether they've done that on a couple of fronts. You need all those guys to keep getting better. They haven't done that. You know, there's a lot of things that have right. not gone perfectly. But it's a beautiful thing, and it's the thing that really wears on the players. The idea is that the fans, media, everybody that watches them, expect you to be a champion okay and i think it's fabulous i th- i think that uh the cub players um expect the same from themselves but it shows you back to the original premise of what you brought us out of the break from was it's hard yeah. to win in baseball it is awfully difficult phone lines are open at 312-644-6767 what does the reckoning look like to you if we end up with that reckoning here in about 3 weeks this is jd in country club hills on 670 the score what do you say jd Hey, uh, great show, guys. I think that a lot of people forget that uh, Theo isn't the GM. And 
that the reckoning could include, you know, uh, changes with Jed. It could include changes with the the scouting staff. More than, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Madden included, but, um, I mean, they've missed a lot. I mean, when you look at this team, there's flaws all over. The leadoff, uh, you could say two-thirds of the outfield, especially before Castellanos came on, uh, has been underwhelming. Second base is now a problem. I mean, even if Ben Zobris gives us a, um, a bump here, he's 37? Eight. 38? 38. And he, ha- he has given a bump, but to your point, yeah. Right. And then we've made uh, uh, mistakes with the bullpen, which has been an issue for multiple years. And so, you know, you can only blame Madden for so much because I don't know what he was going to do to get – um, you know, these these players to advance. Edwards has been down. Ian Happ's been down. Warber's been down. He hasn't progressed. Um, As know, of it, late, it, yes, but but in yeah. general, no. Well, what, what would you do, okay, before we cut you loose? Would you fire Joe? Yeah, I. you know, I would keep Madden because, to me, it goes back to what are you going to get this better? Uh, you know, um, the only reason point. why I could think about getting rid of Madden is if it was a money move. If you felt like, well, maybe I can get a younger guy um, who might not be as good, but he's going to save me, you know, X million and five I'll be million. able to add another player. Five million. You know? Yep. Right. So if I could use that five million and, you know, get me another player, maybe you could talk me into that. But, you know, you can't just um, empty out a seat and think that it'll be better. Um, by some imaginary person that's out there. I, uh, but, you know what? That's really good. That's a great call because uh, I think that's the that's what you and I talked about off the air a little bit about the fact that you bring in, you know, okay, you say it's time for Joe Madden. Uh, the message isn't getting through. It's time for him to go. But are is this team? You keep the same group. Are they going to be better under Mark Mark DeRosa or a David? Um, David Ross. David Ross. Are, are they going to be a better team just because you've changed leaders? It's, um, it, I don't think that the hitters who have been part of the contact problem are suddenly going to become the better overall contact hitters that they thought these guys would progress. They into. might have healthier years. You know, that, I mean, we're talking about a whole infield that was hurt at one time or another this year, you know, that have, have dealt with major to minor injuries, uh, including your catcher, you know, out for a month. Rizzo dealing with the back. Baez now dealing with a hand issue. Before that, for two months, dealing with a foot injury. Uh, Bryant dealing with a uh, a knee injury at this point. Um, Yeah, they get out on the field, but they're not the players that they were. You know, I, I thought, Bruce, after last October 1st and Theo's state of the organization dissertation that lasted 50 minutes, that we were going to be looking at an offseason of activity, of valuing production over potential. And we were going to see some guys get dealt. We were going to see some things get changed around. And we didn't. So now that reckoning, when he talks about a reckoning, it still feels like it's personnel related to me. But I'm intrigued by this idea that it's philosophically uh, a reckoning. Because you know what? Some of their developmental practices have not been good. Some of their own internal scouting, some of their own internal developmental things have not not been effective. Changing coaches has proved out to be 
They've done it. It's 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 not it's not the it's not the answer. They've had all these sluggers, these yeah. launch angle sluggers. They're trying to teach to be situational hitters it's, with different it's not nuanced the, conversation. It's, not, it's, it's not, not the answer. No, you no. got to get the guys no. in here. Now that Castellanos and Zobrist are here, the lineup looks different. We're going to take a short break, Greg, Paul, Joe, Fred. We're going to uh, get back to you. We'll take more phone calls. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Zach Collins of the White Sox. Joining us at the top of the hour, we'll continue to talk Chicago baseball, playoff baseball, September baseball. doesn't get much better than this. Bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald and the Big Ten West champion Northwestern Wildcats this fall at Ryan Field. Matchups include Ohio State, Michigan State, and Iowa. Single uh, season and single game tickets are on sale now at NUSports.com. We'll be right back on The Score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. That's right. That's right, Bruce. The good news for Chicago sports fans is that it's bear season. Yeah, they're great. Maybe Joe Madden can replace Matt Nagy. They can, uh, he can just, he'll know what to do in Club Dub. He'll just pick it up right where that was. Let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines, Matt. And a lot of people want to talk Sox, Cubs, everything September baseball. This is Paul in Valparaiso, Indiana on the score. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, guys. Great show. Uh, guys, quick question. You know, I agree with that. Bruce couldn't agree with you more about the World Series or bust attitude, and I think that's what Chicago fans really want. But I think also when you kind of reevaluate, Theo said sustained success, making the playoffs and having a shot every year. If you look at the Cubs' window since 15, what team has been better? I know the Astros are kind of the recency bias and the Dodgers are the recency bias. Dodgers still haven't won a World Series. Astros have won one. The Red Sox have won one, and a lot of those guys were Theo's guys. So I don't know if I necessarily want to give up on Theo changing this thing around. I think the, the, the kind of narrative is the Astros are so far ahead of them with the high fastballs and the pitching, uh, you know, tronics and all that stuff. And I, but I also think that look at their pitching staff. It's very old as well, even though they're, they're pitching great right. right now. I just think look at the window. What have they done? And I don't think it's closing that quickly as everybody thinks. Well, so. it is, who's been better. It is pitching-wise because next year you have the last year for Quintana and Lester. Okay. So pitching wise, starting pitching wise, uh, age wise for Lester, uh, contract wise for Quintana, contract wise for both, uh, it's a changing window at the very least. Hamels is gone; he's a free agent. There's twenty million back. Trying to find replacements uh, for these guys. I agree with with this caller's point that um, you know this is a good group. They have very good players finding the proper replacements and how they're going to fit in and do better, that's going to be a great challenge because it's, it, it doesn't appear to be in the minor league system. Well, this, this is why. The overall thing is why they make for interesting conversational fodder, why it makes for a fascinating moment in baseball conversation because it is sustained success. It is. They, they got there last year. They might yeah. get there again this year and lose in a one-game yeah. wild card. Averaging, and it's, averaging 95 wins. Is sustained success. It just feels super but, empty, just like when you were the Braves and winning your division every year and not winning the World but Series. But when you every bring year. in Theo Epstein, you expect sustained success. He's given you sustained success. That's why he's making nine and a half million dollars a year more than any executive in baseball. He's earned it. He continues to earn it. But the disappointment of hey, we didn't win a World Series the last two years. Uh-huh. Why not? That's all of a sudden a big part of the equation for fans who were promised something and they're not receiving the full allotment of what they were promised the second and third year. It's not realistic. 
to think you're going to win the World Series every year. Not every year, but there, there. It's you know, it's understandable to think you're going to win two right. out of five or six years because that's what you've tried to do. Right. I mean, and and again, when when the caller says that Dodgers aren't a success because they haven't won the World Series, you know, this will be seven years in a row that they've gone to the playoffs. Amazing. Um, and uh, two years in a row they've gone to the World Series. To me, that's. That's tremendous success. And they still have a pretty well-stocked farm system. It's not ultimate success. No. But yeah. it's but but it, and and the things that they've done financially are really interesting. Um you know, and there's a lot of teams out there that do have that are good and still have good farm systems. The Cubs aren't one of them, uh, unfortunately, right, right. now. But, but the Braves uh, still have a top ten system. Phillies, you're right. still you, have, you a top have the 10 Dodgers, system. Houston, and the Cubs who have all won about the same amount of games over the last you know, four and a half years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really good, but again, we are told here in Chicago now, believe it or not, that we're like the Yankees. We're like the Dodgers. We're like the Dallas Cowboys used to be. We're like the old bulls Yep. that going there is not good enough. Winning the whole thing is actually the goal and something that we can attain. Like the post 2010 Blackhawks. Good enough to win every year and expected to win right, every year. Right. That's sustained success. This is Greg in Gray's Lake on 670 The Score. Hello, Greg. Good morning. Um, I'm a White Sox fan, but I just wanted to just comment on real quick. I want to get to a White Sox thing, but on on the uh, Cubs, I mean, when you trade Torres and Cease and mm-hmm. Jimenez, and, you know, you're just not going to. I mean, they're not the Yankees or the Dodgers because they don't trade those people. I'm sorry. Um, they got the Aurora Series, granted, uh, but it could have been done with, you know, some uh, another relief other than Chapman, but they got it. So, I mean, you know, that's, to me, that argument right there is what it is. But I want to get to the White Sox. Um, I hope they think outside of the box this year as far as free agency. Um, last year they went for Manny Machado, um, which was going to play third base. And uh, they didn't get him. My hope is that they have too much swing and miss on that team. That team just, I mean, they're averaging 10, at least 10 strikeouts. And, uh, and, they, don't, and they don't walk. And, in, and they don't walk at all. So uh, my thing is, if they're really looking at the statistics, I would like to go get Rendon and Santana um, from uh, Cleveland because <laughs> You got two people who do not swing and miss. And if you put Madrigal at second, I'll put my kind of out there in right field. I just would do it. I mean, he was not going to be a second baseman in the, in the first place. I mean, he just wasn't going to be. Once they, mm-hmm. uh, if they had Machado, he just wasn't going to play. Uh, Madrigal was going to play second base. I will put him out there in right field because when you get Robert, Robert has a lot of swing and miss too. So. You need people with less swing and miss on that team. Other than that, I mean, if they're talking about their window and they're going to be open, they just have too much swing and miss on the team to even be considered seriously as a contender, even when their window open, because they just swing. They sw- they. I took one real quick. One day I went over all the baseball games, looked at the who struck out the most compared to the walks, the team who struck out the less and had the most walks won 13 out of 14 games that day. 
why types this swing and miss too much? Thanks a lot for taking my call. Right. Thank you, Greg. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll continue to take your calls here, 312-644-6767. Anthony so, Rendon's going to get the most money of anybody in this offseason at age 29. He should. He's having you an know, unbelievable year. He should year. get a nice four- or five-year contract. I don't I don't believe in the 10-year contracts, even though he has Scott Boros. I don't think he's getting that. No, and because he, he's not 26 no, like those no, two guys 29. were last year. He, if he gets five years, he should be happy with five times, uh, what, a hundred and, you know, Five times 30? Yeah. Uh, we'll have time to talk about it, but there are starting pitchers to discuss when it comes to the White Sox, whether it's uh, uh, Garrett Cole or Zach Wheeler or Dallas Keuchel or um, Wade Miley. There's a lot of people to discuss for the White Sox. 312-644-6767. Zach Collins will join us out of the break. Stay with us. It's 670 The Score, 670thescore.com. It's inside the clubhouse. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.